Life Audio. The Bible Study Podcast, episode 829. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Psalms with chapter 89. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with a study of Psalms here with chapter 89 with a maskil from Ethan the Ezraite. But first, a word from this sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I say that this psalm is a mascal. We don't know for sure what that means, although there's some belief that it is a musical instruction and quite possibly for responsive mode of performance, a call-response like the old spirituals. And it goes like this, and I'm going to read a section and then talk about it because this is a much longer psalm, so I won't go through the whole thing all at once. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. So we have established here just in the first four verses that this is a psalm that was written after the time of David, after the time of David the king. And we're singing of God's great love. We're singing of God's great love through all the generations, so I wonder if a few generations have passed or not, since David can't tell from that. But the psalmist, Ethan the Esrahite, is remembering that God is faithful, is remembering what God has done, and specifically pulling out this quote here about, I've made a covenant with David. Now, of course, we see that uh, through the lens of Christianity as Jesus being a descendant of David, and then that being the fulfillment of that promise. But of course, the people of Israel would see the line of the kings that came through David. And we would see that also. It's not like we're blind to that, but we see that going on into today, that Jesus today is that establishment of the throne of David. Continuing, the heavens praise your wondrous Lord, your faithfulness too, in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. 
Again, remembering the faithfulness of God, faithfulness of God even when his people have been unfaithful. But comparing God, wondering in the council of heavenly beings, are there is there anyone like him? Now, of course, this psalmist has not likely been in any heavenly council nor in heaven. And so I wonder if the psalmist is wondering what things are like in heaven, looking to imagine that world beyond what he has known. Of course, you can very quickly get into some questionable theology when you do that because you don't know. But the psalmist is using that as a way of pointing out that God is different and pointing out that God is different, especially again, as this psalm is talking about in the faithfulness of God. You rule over the surging sea when its waves mount up, you still them. You crushed Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scattered your enemies. The heavens are yours and yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon, sing for joy at your name. Your arm is endowed with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. And so we're talking about the power of God here. Now, we talked about the faithfulness now that God has power, that God has established the world and all that's in it, and also has had power over his enemies and praised in various places. And that strong arm of God is one of the reasons that we put faith in God. One of the reasons that we remember God is that God has the power to save, that God has the power to intervene. If God were faithful but powerless, there wouldn't be much point in praying to God because God couldn't do anything about anything. But that is not the God that we know. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They celebrate your righteousness, for you are their glory and strength. And by your favor you exalt our horn. Indeed, our shield belong to the Lord, our King to the Holy One of Israel. Now, horn and shield here. So your horn is your strength. Uh, It's often the way it's used in the Old Testament. So righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne, that everything that God has built are built on those foundations, that people are right with God, they're doing the right things, and that justice reigns. And how many times do we hear, especially in the Old Testament, may justice roll down, that justice is one of those things that God desires, that those who have done wrong are held accountable for what they have done whether or not we like them or not, whether or not they're friends of ours or not, that those who have done the wrong thing are held accountable is one of the establishing foundational concepts and precepts of the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who have learned to claim you who walk in the light of your presence. Blessed are those who see God and know who God is and give praise to God because as they're walking through the day, all day long it says, they're celebrating his righteousness. They're remembering who God is as they go grocery shopping, as they're in church, as they're at work, as they're watching TV at night with their kids or reading a book, that their whole life, as they walk through their life, they're remembering the name of God, and they're remembering what God has done, and they're remembering that love 
and faithfulness that go before God. You are their glory and their strength. Once you spoke in a vision to your people and you said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David my servant. With my sacred oil I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, the Rock, my Savior. I will appoint him to be my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. I will maintain my love to him forever, and my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. Now this section here of about 11 verses makes me wonder if Ethan is a contemporary of David, because it would certainly be something that would be popular with the king if you were writing these sorts of words about the king when the king is around. And it sort of has this sense of presence that David might still be around to hear this or that people would know who David was in a very special way. And says that David was found by God, made a warrior, raised up, and and we think about that, you know, David was found as a shepherd by the prophet Samuel out when his father didn't even think it was worth bringing him in from the fields to meet the prophet because the prophet was trying to find the next king and David was clearly not that. He was the youngest of many brothers. And so he was raised up. God went and said, no, I'm looking for someone with a heart for me. And he went and sent for David and brought him in and Samuel anointed him as king. He was raised up, sustained, strengthened, and will have the power to crush his foes. Now, David certainly had military victories. The height of the kingdom of Israel was during the reign of David or of his the early part of his, the reign of his son, Solomon. My faithful love will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted. Again, we get that horn for his strength. But then we get the, I will set his hand over the sea and his right hand over the rivers, He called out to me, you're my father, my rock, my God, the rock, my savior. Now, certainly as we read this through the lens of the New Testament, we wonder at some point here, are we talking about Jesus? Are we talking still about David and the line of David? But as you would read this, for instance, if you were Jewish or if you were in the time of David, you would understand this to be that David is appointed, that David is exalted, that David is strengthened by God, and that God will love him and his line, that is his descendants, forever. If his sons forsake my law and do not follow my statutes, if they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands, I will punish their sin with a rod, their iniquities with flogging, but I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, and I will not lie to David that his line will continue forever, and his throne endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon, the faithful witness in the sky. Now, of course, the sons of David, as soon as we get to Absalom, as soon as we get to Solomon even in his later days, do forsake the law do not follow the statute. So it doesn't take very long until we get to this part of what was promised, and that is punishment for their sin, punishment 
to the kingdom for their sin, which we see happen throughout Kings and throughout Chronicles, where the kings are exceedingly unfaithful, especially the kings and the divided kingdom of Israel. But even in the kingdom of Judah, we see good kings, we see bad kings, and we see that bad leaders lead to bad things for the people of God. But you have rejected, you have spurned, you have been very angry with your anointed one. You have renounced the covenant with your servant and have defiled his crown in the dust. You have broken through all his walls and reduced his strongholds to ruins. All who pass by have plundered him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. You exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. Indeed, you have turned back the edge of his sword and have not supported him in battle. You have put an end to his splendor and cast his throne to the ground. You have cut short the days of his youth. You have covered him with a mantle of shame. Ah, okay, now we know we are not in the time of David. We are in that time of one of those bad kings or all of those bad kings when God has rejected the king, when problems have come on the nation because of the unfaithfulness of the nation and especially of that leadership of the king. Bad leadership, as we saw throughout the study of kings, makes a big difference on the people. It is easy for a leader to lead you in the wrong direction, and it is hard. I mean, we tend to think, how can those people follow that leader? How can they follow Putin or Hitler or whoever throughout history? But it is hard when you're in that sway of a bad leader to recognize that you are one of those people. You are one of those people who are following the wrong person. And so it's easy for a bad leader to have an enormous effect on a people and take them away from God in ways that sometimes are obvious and sometimes are subtle. How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how fleeting is my life, for what futility you have created all humanity. Who can live and not see death? Or who can escape the power of the grave? Lord, where is your former great love, which in your faithfulness you swore to David? Remember, Lord, how your servant has been mocked, how I bear in my heart the taunts of all the nations, the taunts with which your enemies, Lord, have mocked, with which they have mocked every step of your anointed one. Praise be to the Lord forever. Amen and amen. It is interesting how this long psalm, it's 52 verses long, that it started with this picture of God and this faithfulness of God. And of course, we see why now the psalmist was talking about the faithfulness of God. He's basically saying you swore a promise to David that you would be with his descendants forever. And Lord, help us. But We started with the love of God, the faithfulness of God, and then we went to this rosy picture of remember what it was like with David. Remember how when David was faithful to God and was leading us in faithfulness that we won all the battles, that the enemies were subdued, that everything was great. But we have gone to someplace else. We've gone to someplace else and things are not great anymore. And Lord, help us. Lord, remember your promise to David. And it's interesting, these emotional sways that we see throughout these songs, throughout these psalms here, that sometimes they start with everything is bad and remember that God is good and lead us 
upwards, and this one takes us the opposite direction, that we remember how everything was good and things have gone downhill. And they've gone downhill because we have been unfaithful, which it doesn't say, but Lord, will you remember us? With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.